JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh the thickest. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in on a busy Wednesday. You know, we all viewed that last night as going to be incredibly difficult of a get for IU. And at the beginning, I thought Tom Izzo talked about it right as they entered the half. He said they started out the game the first eight, ten so minutes. Uh, they were discombobulated. There were a couple of moments where you thought, oh, you could get a double-digit lead. Should have gotten a double-digit lead. Three of those, I think, came by virtue of turnovers when they were up either eight or nine at a couple of stretches. And again, I'm not convinced at all that they were going to win because you know things came crashing down on them with Michigan State. But there was a lot of opportunity there in the opening 10 to 12 minutes of that game to maybe take a, a firm grasp, and IU just uh, was not able to do so. So that part was not shocking because we talked about this yesterday as being an incredibly difficult get, and it was just that. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for him whatsoever. I mean, no excuses. I think Trace played as Trace has played the past month. Not a lot of help otherwise. And some things that are going to have to be monumentally better coming up on Saturday. And I know, again, you question that. Now, one thing about it to Purdue, and we'll talk to Matt Painter coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour, the Boilermaker head coach. They've got a bit of a rest, almost a week of time off in preparation for round number two of the matchup with IU. And, and what's interesting, I'll get into the conversation with Matt a little bit later on about the, the 20 games of the Big Ten and, you know, getting used to that. What is it now, three, four years, something like that? 
you know, getting used to that number of games and that type of grind it is and where you would like a rest. And this, for them, was a good time to take off and rest. And I'll be honest with you, last night, and I have seen this a couple of different times, IU looks like it may need a bit of a rest. Again, no excuses. They didn't play well. They didn't play well. I'm just telling you what I expected. But it looks like a team that needs a breather. Trace, at times last night, looked like a guy that needed a bit of a breather, too. I think his quote was a couple of days back that he doesn't have any time, or they don't have any time to rest or don't have any time to be tired. Sometimes, I mean, tired's just going to overtake you. There were moments last night when they looked like that they were more than a little bit gassed. But again, all in all, that was going to be incredibly difficult to get. And as it turned out, it was incredibly difficult for them to get. Thus, uh, did not work out well whatsoever. And IU takes that thing on the chin. Last night, Michigan State, in the environment you knew was going to be incredibly difficult, it turned out to be just that, incredibly difficult. But there were a couple of different opportunities, at least early on, to get a little bit of distance, and they did not. Trace Jackson Davis, 19-7 and in that 80-65 loss. And Michigan State, at the end of the half, just kind of put the throttle down a little bit. IU was turning it over. If they weren't turning it over beyond that, some empty trips were an advantage. Four to six points as they kept that. I think after they got up either eight or nine, it was normally in the the four to six neighborhood. And then, yeah, Tyson Wheeler started knocking down threes. And you're still kind of looking for a hand. I know he created a little bit, or I should say Tyson Walker, my fault, but uh, Tyson Walker creating some space on his own. Yeah, that's that's tough. And he was, in, he was incredibly good in having them hang around. If you're thinking about that last night, Walker, Walker held them in the game when at times he looked like the only one on their team that was able to do it. He held them in the game. And it was almost like right after he knocked down those threes. Yeah, a couple didn't get the type of contest that you would want. Um, One was just a slide step, either to the left or right. I can't remember from long distance. I mean, that's just one you go, wow, that's just a nice shot. But he was really good. He was really good when they needed him. And then it was kind of like Michigan State ran away from that point in time. And in the second half, really not a great deal to write home about right there. With Sparty getting the win over IU, we can talk about that with you if you like. Uh, We'll dive a little bit more into that. Certainly the conversation about Saturday. We'll do that with Matt Painter coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, The setup and how different that the Boilermaker fans would like to see that as of last month. Last month, it was the first half that was incredibly forgettable for Purdue. Purdue was a team that's coming off as of Sunday, losing three of four. They got back right against Ohio State at home. And the one thing that stood out in that game for the Boilermakers before you get to the IU-Purdue matchup was the fact that they got back to owning the boards. And last night, that was a difficult proposition for IU. 
mean, Jay Billis made note of this about half a dozen times in the second half regarding the lack of offensive glasswork that IU was getting done. There were times, again, no excuses because nobody wants to hear it. There are times when they look pretty gassed. You just can't lean on one dude the entirety of the time and expect to to win, certainly in that environment. But there was time when they all looked pretty gassed out there. And Tyson Walker got it going in the first half, got it going near the end of the first half, and then the second half. Uh, there was a great deal of ownership by virtue of Sparty. And there you have it. What, 45, I think 45, 35, was that a 10-point? I think advantage for Michigan State in the second half. Yeah, because they were up six at the half. Now, we'll see if IU can rebound and hang in against the Boilermakers. We'll see if the Boilermakers will take advantage of having almost a week off. Things have started rolling, by the way, in the NFL. Taylor Lewan, what, nine years? That's what he was in Tennessee, James. So the Titans so, yeah. making some maneuvers today. So tackle Taylor Lewan was released. Robert Woods was a wide receiving free agent pickup, I believe, this past year. He was released. And Randy Bullock, the kicker, also was released a little bit earlier this afternoon, which starts the uh, stage setting around here and thinking about what the Colts are going to end up doing with this particular roster. Uh, It looks like new guidance down in Tennessee. New guidance with Rand Carthon looks like it's going to go and try to make up for what a lot of people, and you could tell by the way that John Robinson was was dealt with back in December and cut loose that there wasn't a lot. And a lot of us just kind of look at it at face value from going back to the spring and that trade of A.J. Brown and the reaction of Mike Vrabel when A.J. Brown was traded and then he was you know certainly not thrilled why would you be when you're trading away a guy of that caliber that difference maker in the nfl if you're the titans sure if you're the head coach you're not going to be thrilled about that but it looks like that they're going to start trying to make up for what many people felt were ill-advised maneuvering going on down in tennessee this past year that led to that disappointing finish. If you missed it yesterday, Mike DiRocco was on the show. He covers the AFC South and specifically Jacksonville for ESPN.com. We went over what to expect in large part, certainly here, and down what he covers mostly in Jacksonville, but the other two teams within the AFC South as well. You know, Obviously, the rebuilding process ongoing. We'll see how much rebuilding, much like they're going to be doing in Houston once again, how much rebuilding they'll be doing in Nashville. You kind of just got to hang that up now, right? Going a different direction, new general manager. Don't you just kind of have to hang that up now? And, and clearly, with a new general manager here, finding a new plan, new path, seems like certainly that could be the case. But this is where it all ends up starting right here. This is where everything starts to come together. As far as what teams start to do NFL-wise, and you know, we're around here still talking about the loss of an offensive line coach, but I think most of you agree with that. And I mentioned yesterday uh, that was was met with not a great deal of agreement on 
regarding Bubba Ventrone, I'm not going to deny he's not a good coach. I'm sure he is a good coach. But, man, that is like one of the last things I've been worried about. And that's one of the last things I will continue, in this case, not to really worry about. So it's something that I'm not going to worry about, and it's at the tail end of the line of things that I'm not going to worry about. There are so many more other things with this team that you got to get figured out. you got to get right with so many other things. And that's just kind of the beginning right there. So special teams coach, and when you think about it, it makes sense, right? He interviewed for this job. Would you want to interview for a job, not get it, and then have somebody else get it, then go back and be like trying to think about Jeff Saturday trying to be a coach here? And people have brought that up too. What about Jeff Saturday as the offensive line head coach? I would just ask you this. What do you think? That's not even something I'll answer for you. What do you think? So let's think about this for a moment. Even if there wasn't presented an online petition to hope that that message, that word, reached the owner and that the owner has no thought whatsoever in rehiring Jeff Saturday as the head coach longer term, even if that had not been prevalent around here, that make sense to you? All right, so I was consulting. I was on ESPN. They brought me in as the interim head coach. Things didn't go right. I interviewed a couple of different times. They chose somebody else, but I'll come back as the offensive line coach? So you guys can answer that one. The offensive line coach here, or going back to ESPN, flying in there over the weekend, doing a Monday and a Tuesday, going back home, being out on your boat in Georgia fishing, and not having to worry about anybody submitting a petition online to keep you from jumping on your boat and going out in the middle of a lake and fish. Again, I'm just giving you a little bit of background, but you can answer that one on your own. And in terms of Bubba Ventrone, If he's not going to be the head coach, which he's not, do you just say, all right, what else can I do here? Where's my ceiling on this now? Kind of seems like that the ceiling has been hit. Maybe you go someplace else where the upward mobility is a little bit greater. Who knows with Cleveland in mind, what do they offer up here? An associate head coaching role where you get paid a little bit more money? I don't know how much more say you're going to get. But what was weird, and I would agree with you this, you say, well, why in the world would Bubba Ventrone and Gus Bradley be at the opening press conference if one or the other or both aren't going to be back? Yeah, the Ventrone thing is a little bit, the Ventrone thing, this is how it kind of smells to me. It kind of smells that maybe he was going to be cool with coming back. Maybe he thought about it a little bit more. And then maybe somebody came at him with a better offer. More of an opportunity than he's going to have here for upward mobility. 
That possibility, at least. True? Anybody out there ever interview for a job, not get it, and then take something a little bit less? Maybe you have. I'm not sure. I can't remember when the last time I interviewed for a job. When's the last time you interviewed for a job, James? Did you ever interview twice for like nine hours on Zoom or uh, whatever? Definitely not that, no. When is the, the last time I interviewed for a job? That's a hell of a question. I don't even know. I don't think I interviewed for this one. Say, so I think for this job, I think they I just said, to... hey, because I was at the other place, and they just said, hey, we want you to come over here and work. And I said, okay, cool. Say, <laughs> so I think I had like- We're going to give you a... some time off. Here. Okay, great. I had like a 20-minute interview for this place, and that was it. Really? On Zoom, yeah. 20 minutes? So that makes a lot of sense to me. And again, it makes a lot of sense, but it is, and I, again, will tell you this, it's not a big deal. It is not that big a deal. They will find somebody else, and that is at the least of the worries that you might have right now. And we'll see if any cap casualties, any thoughts on moving on. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later, too, as far as the Colts are concerned. But Tennessee kind of got us off to a busy start today. A lot of people around here are talking about Taylor Lewan. Anytime anybody's ever released, anybody's ever available, everybody kind of runs through the grinder. Well, what about here? Uh, I would say probably not. I think for most of these, you would say probably not. And that goes to what Chris Ballard is going to be. Like, I know that I sound like that I preach at times this vision of just being a 180 to what he was. And I know it sounds that way, but it shouldn't. Because I think we all live in reality enough to know that that is not going to happen. He may make an adjustment in his philosophy a little bit, but it's not going to do a complete 180 to where everybody around here that's been on one side complaining about it will come over and go, all right, now you're doing the right thing. I mean, plus you're owning owning the lack of results in a press conference. Sure, when somebody asks you, you know, what about your philosophy? And I'm just paraphrasing here. What about your philosophy? What about your thoughts moving forward? You know, what about the things that haven't worked? Are you going to rethink all that? Clearly, at that moment, you're going to say yes. Why wouldn't you? It just may not be at all anywhere near what we believe that they need to rethink. So if I have presented that in the light of, oh, wow, everything's going to be completely different This thought process is finally going to be... No, probably not. And I will tell you, it will be much closer than what it has been than be closer to what a lot of us have in mind. Because for one thing, they're going to say, well, look what we've done in the past couple of years. I mean, drafted guys at wide receiver. Drafted a guy, or plural, guys at tight end. So that's what's going to be said. Yeah, it's not going to be anything drastically different. You know, maybe something here or there. But as far as what and how we portray 
wanting this team to look or how we believe this team needs to look in this particular era of the NFL. You know, and I read up that thing, write it, write it until it bucks you. Or don't write it all. That's from Tin Cup, by the way. Shout out to Kevin Costner, Roy McAvoy. Well, the coach general manager has been bucked from the horse. I just don't think he's going to get back on, climb on that thing foolheartedly again. But it's it's going to be a lot of the same. The same type of horse is what we're talking about here. Same type of thing. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL and some of the directions they're going with these cap casualties and more that will slowly start floating in over the course of the afternoon. I mentioned Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers, will join us coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Always fantastic. One of the better interviews that we have here. I try to do it at least once a month to get updates on the Boilers and updates really on everybody else because there is nobody better to talk hoop with than Matt Painter, who again is going to join us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Brooks Barnheiser. Brooks Barnheiser is a sophomore for Northwestern. Northwestern is certainly at the top of the list of stories in the Big Ten and is a pretty large story nationally right now with what they're doing in the Big Ten Conference. And remember, they lost a couple of players that bailed. Pete Nance and Ryan Young decided respectively, one to Carolina and the other to Duke, to bail. And that made everybody in the offseason think that this Northwestern team was going to be awful. But instead, there was less of a focus on guys on the interior and more of a focus in what has become one of the better backcourts in America right now. With Boo Booey and Chase Audige. Northwestern's on the road coming up tomorrow night at Illinois. The sophomore from Lafayette, Jeff, and I've known his dad since 1989. Uh, There is nobody I respect more as a head coach anywhere than his father, Mark Barnheiser. And I've seen it up close. I've seen it for a number of years, and I've seen it work. I've seen it motivate those that I never thought would have an ounce of motivation. Not one ounce. Sometimes it's salty. Sometimes it's sweet. Well, actually, I take that back. Most of the time, it's salty. Uh, Most of the time, it's not sweet. But I have seen it firsthand at a couple of different places. And there is no better coach around. And Mark Barnheiser, by the way, is still at Lafayette Jeff as their head coach. And Brooks is a sophomore. And I don't know if you've been watching Northwestern basketball. I'm assuming most of you have. Because in the last week and a half, they played both IU and Purdue. But Brooks is getting a lot more of an opportunity with the ball in his hand. And that's something about a coach getting used to you. In this case, Chris Collins getting used to you, building a level of confidence in you. And knowing his dad as I do, there is no bigger basketball junkie than Mark Barnheiser. Yeah, Mark Barnheiser, if it was a wasted day, if he wasn't doing something to try to improve his game in basketball. And when you see now, that is more than likely, if you have any high-level player, whether you're talking about male or female, it's one of those things where it's not me saying, hey, go grab a ball and shoot. 
It's not somebody else saying, you need to go grab a ball and shoot. It is that player getting off the bus and going and grab a ball and on their own shooting. There is a huge difference, and there's nothing wrong with any of it. Be who you want to be, but that is the difference, and it's a very simple difference. Some are built to go grab the basketball and work at it on their own. Some are incredibly coachable and don't miss a moment in practice. They're always there. They're always a part of it, but they're not going to get off the bus and go grab a basketball and work out. And therein lies a huge difference. Both can be successful, but certainly one will have a higher ceiling than the other. I'd never been around anybody in my life up until starting in 1989. Somebody that even well age-wise, I shouldn't say, but well past it age-wise, you know, like the older that you get, the harder that you work because you know that ultimately age is unbeaten. It's amazing. really is. Brooks Barnheiser, the sophomore for Northwestern, will join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll get to that coming up, too. And Jeff Allen is the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence. I have tried to explain this story before. Jeff Allen has a great background. Jeff Allen is in his ninth year as head coach of the 4A Bedford North Lawrence Stars. They get Fishers. And by the way, Fishers is legit. You go through that sectional, you're legit. But Jeff Allen, just beyond coaching up his daughters in the past, Jory Allen, uh, his daughter still plays at DePaul. She was Miss Basketball in 2019. Jenna Allen played at Michigan State. She's playing overseas in Spain. So clearly it's a basketball family. And I've, I've told you this before. Jeff Allen played at Vincennes. He was a part of the first recruiting class of Dan Sparks, legendary coach Dan Sparks, down at Vincennes University. And then somehow, some way, caught the attention of another legend in his own right, the late Ray Meyer at DePaul. And this was back when DePaul was really good. An independent team on NBC seemingly every weekend. Terry Cummings, Mark Aguirre, Tyrone Corbin, Kenny Patterson, Skip Dillard. They really talented basketball team. And somehow, someway, found his way on that roster for a couple of years at DePaul. And then, because I love trading places as much as I do, and every time I see it, I have to watch the end. There are a lot of films I talk about all the time where you have to watch a certain portion of it. No matter how many times you've seen it, you're going to sit and watch it. Trading places in the pit at the end, screwing over the Dukes, that is a must-watch every single time. And... You talk about pressure in coaching on any level. There will be no greater pressure than what Jeff Allen dealt with as an independent pit trader back in the 80s in the Chicago Mercantile. Just like trading places. We'll get to Jeff Allen and his incredible story coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Dave Matthews Band tickets also on the way. Your discussion at 239-1070. If you would like to jump on here, we would love to talk with you inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Shout out to everybody there. And if you've not been there, check it out because you can also participate. It's a part of a family. I, I... loosely say family but it's a part of a family right there but it's a really good time it's the ride with jmv youtube live we like to call it affectionately the lounge you can watch listen and even participate 
The stream, the app, HD Radio, and Brooks Barnheiser, sophomore Northwestern, on the way to Champaign, Illinois, for a game tomorrow night against the Illini. Brooks Barnheiser joins us next. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Matt Painter coming up at the 4 o'clock hour. Jeff Allen of Bedford North Lawrence has a great story. He joins us in the 5 o'clock hour. Dave Matthews Band tickets coming up as well. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. If you're watching, listening, participating, thank you very much. Your calls and more coming up on the other side, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now. Sophomore for Northwestern and the Wildcats are having a fantastic year. Of course, we're talking about Brooks Barnheiser. Illinois, the site coming up tomorrow night for the Cats versus the Illini and Brooks joins us now. Hey, Brooks, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. But I cannot be better than you as a sophomore and the type of season you're having with your team right now. How does it feel to be playing at the high level in which you are at this moment? Yeah, it feels, uh, you know, really good. It's kind of like, a, you know, something I've always dreamed about. And, you know, like you said, like with our success, you know, it's just like it's, you know, a great experience. And, you know, I'm kind of trying to live in it and, you know, kind of keep going. You know, we still got, you know, four more regular season games left. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we got some postseason play uh, among us. But, uh, yeah, trying to stay, you know, mellow in the moment. But, you know, it's been great. And uh, I'm really excited for our future. He is Brooks Barnheiser, former Lafayette Jeff standout, played for his father, Mark Barnheiser, just uh, simply put. One of the best coaches to ever coach in the state of Indiana, certainly high school-wise. We'll talk about that and your relationship with your dad and your family coming up in a minute. But, Brooks, I'm curious about this. You go back when you guys first learned that both Pete Nance and Ryan Young were going to depart the program and going respectively, in this case, Carolina and Duke. What did you think about that moment? Did you think that this team could evolve into, transform into, without those two guys, what you have accomplished? Was that kind of a a motivational chip, if you will, to to move along and to do, do your best? Was it more of a motivation than maybe you would normally have going into a season? Yeah, I think, like, uh, what you kind of said was, like, true. You know, like, Ryan and Pete were two, like, you know, veterans that have been here for four years. And, you know, I love those guys to death. You know, Pete, I really do look up to as, like, an older brother, and he really helped me get through, you know, those freshman year woes that you kind of go through. And, um, you know, I think that one thing that definitely uh, shifted everything was when Pete and Ryan, like, you know, departing, it kind of switched the way that we were going to have to play. You know, uh, Ryan Young is kind of like a back-to-the-basket kind of, you know, post player. And, um, you know, Pete's kind of just like a really good, you know, low post score. He can shoot it. He can stretch the floor. But we kind of knew that, you know, we were going to have to switch the way we play for us to try to be successful. And I know a lot of people have seen two really good players like Ryan and Pete, you know, depart and, you know, go to Duke and North Carolina and kind of look at us like, man, like, you know, they had both of those guys, and, uh, you know, they didn't make the tournament, and now those two are leaving. Like, there's probably no hope there. And I really think that it was just kind of, like you said, a motivational kind of thing for us. Like, you know, like, we love those guys. We were so grateful for everything they've given us. But, you know, the guys that are still here, like, we want to win. And 
Uh, you know, everybody kind of counted us out. So I think that's just like a really uh, two things that really tied together was one, like, you know, kind of switching how we kind of had to play. Uh, to you know, kind of fit the guys that we have on our roster now, and also you know, kind of trying to you know, like kind of go show people that you know we're not you know left for dead, and you know we can compete too. He is Brooks Barnheiser, a sophomore of Northwestern. Northwestern on the road in Champaign to get Illinois coming up tomorrow night. We'll talk about that matchup with you in a second. But you mentioned so you go from what would have probably been more of an interior-oriented squad, and then both Pete Nance and Ryan Young leave, and obviously with. Boo Booey and Chase Audige in the backcourt, more of a backcourt-driven team, which obviously has been more beneficial to the squad we see right now. So maybe you don't find that out without those two departures? Yeah, you know, I feel like uh, it's kind of uh, – we had a lot of, like, really talented uh, guys on our team last year. And I think that it was just kind of – you know, we were playing – we kind of got to play to your strengths. And last year, you know, a lot of people were kind of – you know, we, we would have it inside, uh, you know, like – post presence as well as like you know having guards that were you know really good as well but I think this year now that you know it's kind of like more fast pace wise I think that's why you've kind of seen like Boo and Chase you know have like the such really great years that they've had and you know kind of everybody else is like you know everybody like one thing I think it's like our roles you know like everybody kind of knows their role this year and you know like the guys like uh, the role players kind of really know who to compliment and I think that's like a really big difference between last year and, and this year it was just like everybody kind of knows their roles more so, but I definitely think that that you know contributes to Boone Chase really having the year that they're having. Well, I, we watch you uh, down here every every time you play, and the, the one thing I've noticed, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and you, and you can tell me if I am, or say, yeah, you're absolutely right. It seems like that that your your place on this team, your presence, and what you're looked upon to do with with your head coach Chris Collins has evolved now to being around the basketball a hell of a lot more. Even then, I guess you look back. To the start of the season how it was then is that accurate yeah you know I think so and I think it's just kind of like um you know earning trust of like you know being out there and uh just playing as hard as I can and I feel like uh you know my coaches have done a really good uh job of like you know kind of like rewarding us per se you know just kind of like if I can go out there and I know that my job is you know be an energy guy and just you know give all I can give and I feel like that they've really you know made that clear to me and uh you know they trust me now to be out there you know, whether it be, you know, closed games or, you know, crunch time and stuff like that, just because they, I feel like they, they can trust, like, how hard that I'm, you know, supposed to play. And, you know, I kind of know that, you know, Boo and Chase are going to be the two guys that a lot of people are going to key in on. And, you know, if they're really keying in on those guys, like you said, like kind of having the ball a little more, like being aggressive, trying to take pressure off of, you know, our two, like, you know, best players. So hey, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, hey Brooks, was there a game, maybe a signature game for you? Because you mentioned you you work to and you play to with your results to prove to Chris Collins that you're worthy of of this opportunity and you're worthy of obviously you know being you know, confident with the basketball and having confidence, I guess, with your head coach. And this was there a signature moment this season so far where you saw your role change with that confidence level that you gave. To to your head coach and entrusting you in certain situations. Was there a game that stands out? Yeah, I feel like uh, kind of like this, like um, kind of last few stretch of games, uh, just kind of like, uh, for instance, like one game that kind of sticks out was an Ohio State game where, you know, a lot of people, uh, they're like Ohio State's game plan, I think, was really trying to get the ball out of Boone and Chase's hands. 
and uh, they were really keying in on uh, Chase. So I ended up having a lot of like really good looks, and you know I kind of stepped up in like a time where I really did need to step up, and we really needed to get a road win to put us to eight and five in the league. And you know I think just kind of like there, I kind of like really you know my confidence grew a little bit, and then just since then it's just like making the right plays, and it doesn't even you know have to be scoring. You know if it's taking charges or if it's getting rebounds. Or, you know, just playing, you know, solid defense and, you know, distributing the ball when I'm supposed to. I just kind of think that I've really gotten better at those kind of things the last few games in this home stretch. And, you know, we've kind of been gone on this winning streak. And, you know, I just got to keep doing it. And, you know, all of our, you know, we all got to kind of hold up our end of the bargain and try to keep keep this streak going. Sophomore Brooks Barnheiser of Lafayette, Jeff, and of Northwestern's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It's uh, Northwestern in Illinois coming up at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. First time out at home against Illinois. You guys won by 13. What's your expectation? What are you going to see in this second time around from the Illini coming up tomorrow night? Yeah, you know, I mean, they're a really good team, and they've uh, kind of been, they've been winning. Uh, you know, they were one of the hottest teams, you know, in our league, uh, you know, uh, like up until late. So, you know, they're definitely going to come out and try to, you know, because, I mean, it is an in-state kind of like a rivalry thing. You yeah. know, I don't know if it's as big as uh, IU-Purdue or anything like that, but, you know, it's definitely a really good, two really good programs just trying to, you know, kind of gain more wins in the league. So definitely going to see. Uh, you know, they kind of play fast. Um, you know, they have a lot of really talented players, so they're definitely going to give us our all. And, you know, we got to be ready for it. Your dad, Mark Barnheiser, is a, a longtime friend of mine, and he, he, to me, is one of the best coaches to ever coach in this state. He was your high school coach. Uh, it certainly it started for you down in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, and then he got the gig at, at, Lafayette, at, Jeffer, at Lafayette Jefferson, and it kind of took off from there. What, what basketball-wise has he meant to you? Because I, I know you're describing as a basketball junkie and there to me was no bigger basketball junkie than your dad basically not just when he was younger but still right now what what has that meant to you with your growth and maturation in the game of basketball Brooks yeah you know I think it means everything and I I know you remember like when we were young uh, just always going to the gym you know at 5 30 he's always getting us up and you know uh, I remember he used to throw us against the high school guys uh, that were on his team when we were just at a really young age. And I feel like he just really invested, like, the morals and, like, just the commitment that you have to have as a basketball player to try to, you know, always improve and try to be at your best. And I feel like, you know, it's been, you know, pinnacle to, like, my career um, and just, like, kind of where I have to go because all the stuff that he used to teach me and all the lessons he taught me, one, being my coach and just being my dad, uh, were just really great lessons, and uh, some of my funnest memories is just like learning um, about like basketball and stuff. Like before I even played for him, like when he was at Perry and uh, when he was like at Memorial and yeah. all these places, just watching his teams play and just seeing that like you know like what a good coach means and like what a player needs to do, like what like their jobs are, you know. So I feel like that's kind of like where the basketball junkie title comes from. I've just always kind of been around my father and uh, the game of basketball, and it's kind of like a you know, like a thing that's like our passion. So it's definitely definitely in my blood for sure. To me, and this is how it was, if it wasn't about basketball for him, it was almost like it was a wasted moment. Is that kind of your craft too? Is it constant thinking about how you can get better, what you can do, you know, whether you're running on the side of the road like he used to do all the time in early mornings or, you know, shooting 500 jump shots or 500 free throws a day? Is that kind of how you're built as well? Because he always, to me, it felt like if it wasn't about basketball for him, he felt like it was a wasted moment. 
Yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that's kind of how it is with me, too. Um, you know, it's funny because, like, whenever, like, we finish a game or, you know, I'm going home to the dorm or I'm just doing something, I'm always thinking about basketball uh, in some kind of way. Like, even if we win a game, I'm going to go, like, watch the game back and, you know, kind of see, like, what I did wrong or what I did well. And, you know, a lot of other people, I feel like, you know, are trying to celebrate those things and stuff like that. But it's just something that I feel like my dad is wired into me. Like, you know, you can always improve. And, you know, there's always room for improvement. And kind of like you said, there's never a wasted moment. Like, you know, I just always kind of think about the game. And I know that comes from my dad. And, you know, like if I'm just sitting down or I'm in class, you know, it's always on my mind. So there definitely is like a passion and a burning love for it that I definitely get from my dad. And, you know, I'm really grateful for it. You know, sometimes it can be, you know, like a a little bit of like a – uh, like a blessing and a curse, but it's definitely <laughs> a blessing. So I, I definitely am appreciative of my dad uh, instilling that in me at a young age, for sure. I have never been around a better motivator. And and you mentioned, too, I mean, it's not all the time. It's not like you're walking through the Rose Garden all the time yeah, with no, this motivation. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. you know what? Man, there's nothing wrong with it. There's And, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Like, I met your dad when I was at the year after I graduated. And I, I so wish he would have been a part of it before I did because there were just certain aspects of of being competitive that I don't think I truly understood until I was around him and and you can tell both you and Braxton get that directly from him and that has to be incredibly special yeah you know it's 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 like one of the coolest things now that I think back on it uh, now that I'm in college and kind of getting out there on my own but like you know it was really special kind of what we had and uh, it's kind of like something that uh, you almost like wish you could go back and uh, you know really like appreciate even more. But yeah. Uh, yeah, those those memories are like memories that you know I'll never give up. And you know those are some of, like the most fun times. It's just me, and my dad in the gym. Uh, you know, before like I even me and my brother even think like knew that we could be good, or just like being in there with my dad was just something that was like you know it was almost like a safe haven. Like it, it was almost like you know like that was kind of like our you know, like happy place almost. So, yeah, it was incredibly special. And, you know, those are times I'll never forget. Yeah, no doubt about that. Braxton doing well. At, I know he's back at Trinity, correct? Yeah, yeah, but he's doing well. Uh, you know, he he was hurt this last year. Um, but, uh, you know, he's getting healthy. He had a stress fracture in his knee. But, you know, he works, you know, so hard. And, yeah. you know, I'm so proud of him. Um, you know, everything he, uh, that, uh, he do, like he does is kind of just like us. So I'm excited for his future for sure. Well, you know that you guys, uh, your mom and your dad, Mark and, and Heidi, are very special to me and us around here. And we could not be more proud of, of both you and Braxton and what you've accomplished. And we love being along for the ride and watching you get better and better at Northwestern. And the best of luck coming up tomorrow night at Illinois. And, and Brooks, I'll catch back up with you at some point uh, when we see where you're going to end up going because because you guys are destined to go to that NCAA tournament, and that's going to make it even more sweet. But, hey, congratulations again on what you've accomplished, and keep on keeping on, buddy. I will for sure. Thank you so much for having me on. And tell your parents I said hello, okay? I will for sure. That's uh, Brooks. You got it. Thank you. Brooks Barnheiser right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'm telling you. I've always loved basketball, but Mark Barnheiser um, helped me. Pulled me. I mean, and even I was done with high school. I viewed it at a much different angle and found out some things that I really didn't know 
up until that point. Didn't really understand up until that point. And I, I have the ultimate respect for him and, and what he has done coaching the game of basketball, whether it's, you know, at my high school after I graduated at Eastern Green or, you know, Cloverdale back in the day, Westfield. Uh, Elkhart Memorial down in in Mobile, Alabama, and certainly what he continues to do up at uh, Lafayette Jefferson High School. That's the son of Mark Barnheiser. That's Brooks Barnheiser on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Sophomore Northwestern, Northwestern Illinois coming up tomorrow night in Champaign. That tip time on the Big Ten Network is at 9 o'clock. More basketball conversations still to come. Don't go anywhere, including Dave Matthews Band tickets still to come for you as well. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You are more reptile than man, George. So low and flat that the foot of man is incapable of crushing you. How dare you? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Brooks Barnheiser of Northwestern Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Jeff Allen from down in Larry County. It's uh, B&L Fishers coming up on Saturday night, 8-15. That's your 4A final. We got a, a lot of really good matchups, four and all, but they're all pretty good. Coming up on Saturday morning and evening sessions down at Gambridge Fieldhouse. That's the IHSAA Girls Finals. You know, get your tickets today and be a part of it. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Taylor Lewan was released by the Titans. Randy Bullock, the kicker, released by the Titans. Uh, Robert Woods, the wide receiver, signed a year ago, released by the Titans. Robert Woods' response today was free. He is free, and that is indeed the case. Free and out of Tennessee. Zach Cunningham, the linebacker. Uh, It is a release from Tennessee. He did not. Well, he gets designated with the failed physical. And according to Tom Palacero, with the four moves today, the Titans have cleared nearly $38 million in salary cap space and $42.221 million in cash off the 2023 books. So clearly, out with the old... In with the new, the new clearly enjoyed what I guess John Robinson did around there for a while, huh? It was reminiscent. It was during the Big Ten tournament, but I will always remember when so many of those golden era members of the Colts on that day in March, I think IU played on that day too. I think I was doing this show down at, uh, what the hell was that place called? What is it now? Well, I mean, just District Tap now. What was it then? It was called the Tilted Kilt. You guys remember the Tilted Kilt? Well, I can't remember what it was before that. It was that three-level place that was a dance hall. and uh, God, I sound like I'm 150 years old saying dance hall. It was a dance club and a bowling alley, video game rooms, food on the bottom. But yeah, the tilted kilt, I believe, is where I was that day when so many of that Colts golden era were cut loose. 
can't imagine because there was not certainly a similar level of success in Tennessee, even though they did have success, just not to that that particular level. But it is uh, a serious bloodletting going on today in Nashville. We'll see what else might be just around the corner. Ah, Jillian's. Was it Jillian's before that, guys? Why can't I remember Jillian's? Jillian's was the three levels. Dance club, bowling alley, food place. How does a place like that not make it longer term? And then the Tilted Kilt afterwards. I think there were two Tilted Kilt locations, one downtown, and then the other one was over on the northwest side off of uh, Michigan, I believe. Michigan Road. I think that Tilted Kilt was in that hotel that used to have the water park in it. True story. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Jeff Allen, as I mentioned, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You will not want to miss that story. Great story. And you know the story regarding Matt Painter, right? Matt Painter, the Boilermaker head coach in front of Part 2, IU and Purdue. About nearly everything, our conversation with Matt Painter straight ahead. Dave Matthews band tickets as well. You listen to win. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, sir. Uh, there's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is not Dave Matthews' band. Brooks Barnheiser, no, the Western sophomore, a little bit earlier, podcast 107.5thefan.com. The great story of Jeff Allen. Friend of the host of this show and the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence in that state final 4A title tilt coming up on Saturday night against Fishers. Jeff's going to join me coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. But right now, we'll get back to it inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Wherever you're listening, the stream, the app, HD radio, make sure you crank it up because we're going to talk to the head coach of the Boilermakers. It is part two, IU-Purdue, coming up on Saturday night, 7.30, Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, the site. And joining us now, the head coach of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It is Matt Painter. Matt, thanks for the time. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Last time out, it was Sunday. You guys get a win over Ohio State. And before we get into the nuts and bolts of that at home, something has struck me. I was listening to you and Rob do your radio show weekly the other night, and you were talking about these these 20-game Big Ten seasons starting now to get a little bit more used to it. Do we even realize, because I love hoop, and hey, it's hoops on, and that's great. Do we realize to what degree it is an absolute grind for everybody involved doing these 20 games yeah it is really difficult and i think that's the kind of the ups and the downs and you see some teams in our league that that have had some injury issues and they're the ones that if you get up against it at certain times like right now we have time off and you know we played on on sunday and now we don't play until saturday everybody kind of has a break right there but if you get some injuries or some things don't go your way and then you've got a lot of games coming up. Like Indiana, obviously, was shorthanded with Race Thompson and obviously with Xavier Johnson being out the whole season. So, like, 
like those are the things that you can't control that aren't that's not fair. And, and sometimes you, you know you get on the road, things happen on the road. It's it's more difficult on the road. So like whenever you kind of have your streaks, like last year we had a couple streaks where we just didn't have a day off because of a lot of stuff. Everybody really got it the year before because of COVID, and it was just you know a different year, just trying yep. to kind of get through it. But you see the ups and downs for each team. Your ability to push through a tough time and then come out and be okay is you know, is huge. And that's where we kind of are right now, like trying to push out of, we lost three out of four. We won our last game. So it's, we've lost three out of five, you know, can you push through that and now grow from some of those losses? Everybody has the team that has the most quad one wins is Kansas by a long shot in the country, but they still lost three straight games in conference this year. So like, this isn't something that anybody's excused from in college basketball right now. We don't have that one dominant team, you know, that's excused from all that, but there are a lot of ups and downs through that. And that's how that, you know, that mental and physical toughness, man, of your team, it really, really shows or doesn't show like, and now when you have that, it's not okay. You got to fight through it. You got to push through it and then become better because of it. I'm certain I don't probably see anything other than, hey, shot making. Hey, they just made a shot. <laughs> but but I'll be honest with you, I, sometimes I feel like I can tell when when a guy normally plays at a level athletically yeah. and speed-wise to when they're down-geared a little bit because they're grinded out or tired. I'm assuming you easily can tell. Was that a point where you could see it with some of your guys over the, the course of the last five or so games? Um, a little bit, but for us, it was taking care of the basketball. So to me, it was more of just, you know, the mental toughness of playing on two feet more, being strong with the basketball. So even though we had some things and people, you know, made an issue, I even talked once, you know, about, you know, like the officiating, it still comes back to you. It still comes back to my coaching, comes back to our playing as a group. You can't turn the basketball over. Then if you turn the basketball over and you don't shoot well, that's a, that's a disaster. You're, you're not going to win those games, especially if you're on the road and we just got to be better you know more than anything you just got to be better you got to be able is it tough sure it's tough but it's also tough for everybody and the teams that can push through that are the teams that are going to really you know start looking like they're in a great position come march here's uh, matt Payne, the head coach of the boilermakers coming off a win over ohio state on on sunday you'd mentioned uh losing three or four going into that game and and really in a category that uh impressed me and it should have impressed anybody was getting back on track i think on the glass which it was, was a place where you have been all season long positioned and strong and it's seemed like you kind of got back into that category and you were dominant against the Buckeyes on the glass Sunday. Yeah, and that's something, you know, with your turnovers or lack thereof and dominating the glass, like they they never should get separated. Like they're together. Like that possession war is so important. So, you know, we have seven turnovers against Penn State. We do a good job on the glass. We get a quality win at home. Then we have three games. We lose, We win one of those three games. But we go 16, I think 16, 17, 16 turnovers. So then you're like, you're doing well on the glass. You're not shooting as well, but you're turning it over. And you're like, man, we just got to you know take care of the ball against Maryland. Well, we have like eight turnovers against Maryland, but they, they kick us on the glass. You know, they out-rebound us by 12. 
Um, I think we've been out-rebounded three times this whole year counting that game. So it was good to see in the Ohio State game. We out-rebounded by over 20, but we also take care of the basketball. We had 11 turnovers. Two were really late after we subbed. So, you know, you're right there around 9, 10 turnovers, which you need to be. If we can keep it right there and then do that well on the glass, you know, we're going to have a lot of success. It's uh, no doubt about it. It's, uh, <laughs> Matt Painter joins us, too. Again, shot-making ability, shot ability notwithstanding, those are the things that you know that I see and you go a hell of a lot deeper how do you know when your team is playing at its highest level and some of those circumstances this season some of those moments this season yeah. maybe just to the common fan like me maybe explain those moments and what you see as to what you expect out of this team at their best moments Right. Well, the efficiency, you know, on both ends of the court is really important. Like what your offensive efficiency is, what your defensive efficiency is, you know, that is so important. But your your jump shot doesn't always travel. You're, it's the ball is not always going to go in for you. So that's something. This is like a fundamental thing that you want to set with your team at the beginning of the year and just keep growing it because you know you're going to get some open shots at some time that are just simply not going to go in. Everybody looks at your offense like you're really doing a good job when the ball goes in, when in reality yeah. you can get good shots sometimes and it doesn't go in. And they're like, hey, what's the problem? That right there is a red flag for whoever's asking that question that they don't know basketball, first yeah. of all. So the one thing in yeah. basketball is just you can't get enough quality shots for obvious reasons. You want to make shots, but you also, when you take good shots, you don't surprise anybody. you got a better chance to offensive rebound. And then when you don't get those offensive rebounds, when you take quality shots, you set your defense. So you get your safeties back and you don't allow them to get in transition. And that's where we've struggled. Like when we've turned it over or taken a bad shot, other teams are constantly playing in transition. The first half of the Indiana game, playing in transition. Second half, Maryland game, even though we didn't turn it over a lot, they just got in transition too much. You can't let those teams get into transition because that's what they want too. They want to be able to steal points in transition. They want to be able to get on the glass and steal points that way. It's just too hard to play against quality teams and have to score every basket against a set defense. But that's what you want to do defensively. But it starts with your decision-making on the offensive end. It starts with your ability to take take control of the game and really have good ball control there. And when you can do those things, man, now – you're just going to give yourself a better chance. We have such a great offensive rebound percentage. So for us, you know, Zach averages a little bit under six offensive rebounds a game. It's a little surreal, you know, to say that someone can go into a game. We go down to Indiana, you know, and we kind of waste that performance because, you know, he gets 10 offensive rebounds. You know, if you get 10 offensive rebounds as one person, like, you know, you should win the game. No doubt. And we just didn't. You know, we, we turned it over. We missed free throws. You know, and so that was something that we've done a pretty good job on all, you know, this year. So those are just some things to kind of look at when you're just like a fan. It's like, are they getting quality shots? Because if they are and they're missing, you know, you want to stay with it because you're getting those quality shots. You're just not knocking them down. The percentages say, you know, if you're, if you're getting tough shots, even if you're making some of them, that if you continue to get tough shots, that your percentage is going to go down and the other team's going to have a better chance to rebound and get out and transition themselves. Matt Painter joins us again. Are you and Purdue coming up on Saturday night, 7.30, Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. Part two of the two-game matchup during this Big Ten regular season. You mentioned a month ago in Bloomington, turnovers really in that first half is what led to the path of that particular loss. And 
you talk about, for the most part this season, your guys being good decision makers. And oftentimes that starts with Braden Smith, the freshman. How has he evolved this season as as a leader and a top-shelf decision maker for your team? Well, he's had a great year. He's done a lot of really good things for us. And um, just a you know, good overall point guard, really trying to get him to score more than he does, You know, looking for his pull-up, looking for threes when they go in their ball screens, kind of picking his spot there. But he does a great job attacking the defense and he's got very good natural instincts how to play he's got himself in some tough spots late in games where he you know he leaves his feet to pass and he gets a lot done when he leaves his feet to pass but when you get into those crucial situations there you know you got to play on two feet you got to dribble through you know and so he's learned some valuable lessons you know going forward but but he's been great you know he, he gives us someone that sets up guys you know gets the ball to shooters gets the ball inside to Zach but also pushes the tempo for our team um very good at playing passing lanes, very good hands instinctually. And I think that's only going to get better um, in, in the years to come. I'm glad you brought that up because you and I are the same age. We came from an era where if you jumped to pass, you'd be running stair laps after you jumped <laughs> yeah, to make no, that, no <laughs> that pass. I, um, the evolution of that, um, is it specific to just individual players or is that an aspect where we're just seeing basically everybody learn this and that's just a part of the game now? Um, I'd prefer him to play on two feet. Um, he, he gets some things done that way. Um, but I, I do think it's individual. I do think that, you know, he needs to have the ability to be able to do that. But he also, you know, are we, you know, are we creating a bad habit for crucial times of a game? And that's what we're trying to kind of get across to him is that at those times, like now just keep your dribble alive, dribble through or jump stop and play on two feet. If you have an angle and you got it and you can play off of one foot, you know, the, the old adage was, and it still holds true, you know, if you're leaving your feet, you should be leaving your feet to shoot the basketball. Right. And there's still times, like, you know, especially when you – I always call it the Venus flytrap. When you get deep against size, you know, now you've got into that, you know, the Venus flytrap, and now can you yep. get out of there? Well, if you jump stop, you don't take your shot out of play. When you leave your feet and you didn't go to shoot, you've eliminated the shot. So your options have been, you know, eliminated right there. Now you're a passer. That's all you are when you right. leave your feet and you have no place to go. When you jump stop, you have not eliminated the ability to shoot the ball. You can reverse pivot, shoot a little fadeaway. You can reverse pivot, step through, and kind of shoot like a little uh, underscoop layup right there. But you become a passer too. So, like, you know, now you have options when you're on two feet. When you do it the other way, I hope you know what you're doing and, and you have the ability and the skills to make those plays because, you know, now you have to. The great ones when you watch NBA games and you do that, you know, you see that stuff, they still fall victim to it. But the great ones, LeBron James, the Chris Paul, like that, that's, that's second nature for those guys. They, they've worked it, but they're elite. You know, they're the outliers. And so, but who do we model? You know, we model Steph Curry. We model Chris Paul. We model LeBron James. And they have some abilities that most people don't have. When you're talking about Bray, too, and I want to go back to a point you made about you know stepping up and, and, and taking a shot. It, you've seen defenses will play him for the pass all the way to the jump pass, and they're so right. seems like that there becomes such a, a small margin for error, and there's there's a lot more stuff that can go wrong. And I would agree with you if he were to stop and pop or to look for his own a little bit more, then I think that that opens up the choice where defensively you're not just playing the pass because you've seen it over and over again on film that's what he does 
Yeah, and that's what he needs to continue to do. Like, he he's going down the right path. He walked on campus with some really, really good instincts, knows how to play. Now just kind of refining some things through the college game right here and, and learning some lessons as you go. But that's true for everybody. You know, he just has the ball in his hands a lot. He has a lot of responsibility for us, but he's also earned that responsibility. So Matt Painter, who joins us, it's IU and Purdue coming up on Saturday. Again, first time out in Bloomington, a win for the Hoosiers. What do you think about the way, and obviously IU played last night and lost on the road in East Lansing to Michigan State, but what do you think about the matchup part two coming up with the Hoosiers on Saturday night, Matt? Well, obviously, I think it starts with Trace Jackson Davis. Um, you know, I you know he is such a you know a tough cover. He's so athletic and he's so quick. He just simply overpowered us a couple times. You know, in Bloomington, just made a couple quick moves, and then we got there and he just went through us. And so he's um, you know been great in our league, um, one of the best players in the country. So I think it starts <clears throat> you know with that matchup. Shafino was really good against us at their place. He's a very very good player, talented. You know, I know. For them, that one-two punch is what they really look for to to kind of get him going and also get Trace going. But, you know, they have a lot of good players. You know, they bring Renew off the bench, who's very, very talented, good player. You know, Race is someone who's been in our league a long time that could really defend, rebound, knows what's going on. You know, very good player. Galloway's improvement has really helped them. You know, he's a, a guy that plays hard. He defends. But now his offensive piece, you know, he can drive the ball and get into the paint and make plays. He's making threes. I saw him in the box score. I went recruiting last night, so I haven't seen the game yet. You know, he made three threes, you know, on the road, which is very, very difficult. His improvement offensively has really helped. And Miller Cop plays very hard, competes, defends, you know, is a shot maker. So I like that balance right there with the guys that I just mentioned. I think they have a very good balance because Galloway's made that improvement shooting. Cobb can knock those shots down right there. Shafino can make threes. Now when you put them with, with Trace Jackson Davis, that they're, they're really complementing each other well. They're, they're falling some, you know, victims kind of like a lot of different people, like getting on the road. They had a good start to the game yesterday, and then Michigan State came back. I was listening to, uh, to Fish on the radio when I was driving back to the airport, and then they made that nice little run. Michigan State did at the end of the half. And then they really didn't, you know, they didn't get that back. And that's kind of part, you know, we're in the same position when we played Maryland the other night. We're up eight with 15 minutes to go in the game. And then all of a sudden it was an avalanche. This wasn't quite the avalanche from just kind of looking from 10,000 feet. Yeah. But they, they had, you know, they had control of the game in the first half. I know there's a lot of game to be played, but that's what you want to be able to do. You want to be able to gain control on the road and keep control on the road and keep them down. Doesn't mean you can't seesaw and still win games, but the percentages are definitely up when you control the game throughout. Your team has almost a week off. Um, it, it, was that necessary? Yes. Do you think you guys need a bit of a, a break here? Do you like well, having almost that much time? Yeah, I think everybody would take that at this time of the year. Yeah. You know, when people kind of say, well, this guy's hurt and that guy's hurt and that stuff. Everybody has people hurt. You know, it's just it's the wear and tear of the season. That's why you got to have that mental toughness to be able to fight through things and keep competing and keep playing. But you like that time off, you know, getting your guys refreshed, getting them going again, and uh, having some good practice just to get ready for your next game. You dig on the uh, Tuesday night high school recruiting drives? You like that? Especially this time of year because <laughs> the, the girls are playing in the high school finals, so obviously the fellows yeah. are going to be playing on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, something like that. 
Yeah, it's all right. You know, you're, you're just trying to pick some spots with, with some guys that you're looking at to be able to get out. I get out a lot during the season. I think I like watching guys with their high school team. I like watching them and seeing them interact. I think it's a big piece. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have guys that get there, because it's hard, man. It's, you know, not everybody can be like Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer and come in and start as a true freshman. Some guys got a red shirt. Some guys got to play a role for a while. It's just, it's very, very difficult. Like, you got to get the right pieces on your team. Obviously, you want talent, but you also want production and you want good guys that are going to blend on the team. Is there a vital piece that you look for just outside of athleticism, talent, and the basketball package there? Yeah, winning. Yeah, that's what I look for. You know, you know, you get in high school and like, you know, you're just more talented than people. Um, that's one thing. Everybody understands that those those recruits are there. But do you have winning ways about you? Like, are you a good guy? You know, are you a competitor? When things don't go your way, how do you and the people around you, you know, react? Do you support your high school coach? Like, you know, I always say that about parents that complain about their high school coach. I said, I'm next. You know, I'm next. You're complaining about them, like, but they're going to be out of the equation. And then when you come here, you're going to complain about me. Then, so that's always it's always interesting to hear people talk about stuff they don't see. That that, that blows my mind when people go on Twitter and they do stuff like, "Hey, man, we practice every day for three hours. We start in June. Like, we do all these things just because you got like an ESPN package. You know, doesn't make you an authority. There's a lot of things going on that you can't see behind. That's gonna, you know, that's how you come to your answers." I come to your answers through yeah. their production and practice and how they handle themselves. I um, have you. I mean, obviously, being a coach as long as you have now, have you refined that that viewpoint of what you're looking for in a player over the years? Is that sure. ever evolving? Sure. I, I don't think your puzzle's ever complete. I think you in, in recruiting, like you're always working towards. Um, you know, getting the right answer at the right time for your program and where you're at. And it's not always, there's an inexact science to it. So like why it works for one guy might be a little bit different from the other, but you know, you can't have enough substance and you've got to find guys that have substance and guys that are about winning. Um, and, and you know, every now and then, like you can find guys that just their talents are so great and they might not have those things, but now you're going to try to bring that out of them and get them to understand that, you know, we don't become you, you know, you, you become us. That's always an old adage that, you know, coaches have said through the years and that's what they got to understand. Like when you come in here, like we've done this for a long time, we're going to try to help you kind of get acclimated and get set for this. This isn't going to be the same. Like you're just, it's just not going to be the same going forward. Like, just you know high school to college is much different college to pros is much different you got to be able to make those adjustments and do it right away and sacrifice everybody on your team has to sacrifice you have to understand that and it's, it's not going to be rosy for everybody all right i did want to tell you a final couple of things i went to uh, to dinner a couple of fridays ago with don fisher you, you referenced don mm-hmm. a little bit early in the conversation we did have a a matt painter a portion of the conversation that you would have really <laughs> enjoyed you would have liked it a great deal <laughs> was it when the when the check came? Was that the one like well, you guys were looking for me? <laughs> hey, you should. I I was going. I had alligator arms, but I act like I don't. Right, so I'm going. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. But I'm really not reaching for it. I'm just going. All right. Yeah. Longtime voice of the Hoosiers is going to do it. But no, nah, seriously, we're both. Uh, we both like you a great deal, obviously, and love talking basketball with you. So there was a portion, a strong portion of a Matt Painter conversation at our dinner a there couple we go. Of days ago. There we go. I and, got you guys fooled. <laughs> by the way. Blackman's got to stop jinxing you guys on stuff here, too. I mean, have you you called him to the carpet on that stuff? 
Yeah, we're we're just we're we're, we're just hoping he improves. We're just hoping <laughs> he works through it and gets better. Yeah. So he said it after the Penn State. That was the thing we talked yeah. about the other night. The Penn State yeah. game. He just said, "You guys have been great. You've taken care of the basketball. Seven turnovers, and then right away, seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. And so, I wish it was Blackman's fault, but it is. <laughs> I, I, I wish it was, but it's not. It's my fault. Well, when when I, and I was watch I was watching that, and you were like strangling that straw piece of paper or something. Right? So yeah, and then I'm going, yeah, you know, I wish it were yeah. your fault, but unfortunately is not. Again, Purdue hosts IU coming up on Saturday. That is game number two of this regular season with the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers. 7.30 is the tip time up at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. Always a pleasure to talk to Matt Painter on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Keep on keeping on, and uh, I'll stay in touch, and um, we'll get back gotcha. together again sometime soon, Matt. Thanks. All right, man. See you. It's uh, Matt Painter right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. There is not a better conversation in sports that I have here than with Matt Painter. True story. All right, quick break. We'll come back, talk about some of what he had to say, get back to IU Michigan State last night and more coming up next. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Dude, most metal ever! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. If you missed any of it, Matt Painter, podcast 107.5thefan.com. A little bit of everything right there for you, basketball-wise, Boilermaker fans, and then some, too. And that's what's great about it. You don't necessarily have to be a Purdue fan to get down with that. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Brooks Barnheiser of Northwestern, the sophomore. Northwestern on the road at Illinois. That is tomorrow night at 9 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. And all of a sudden, you kind of see with Boo Booey and Chase Audige, you see a little bit more around the basketball, a little bit more responsibility given to the sophomore from Lafayette. Jeff and Brooks Barnheiser talked about that. Earning, gaining the trust of your head coach and more, especially in a season where the expectations in Evanston weren't that high. Had two players bounce, Pete Nance and Ryan Young, one to Carolina, the other to Duke. Not a lot of optimism, not from inside the team, but certainly those that cover the Big Ten, not a lot of optimism there. And they have certainly turned the table. Again, Northwestern Illinois coming up tomorrow night. Brooks Barnheiser, that podcast is up at 1075thefan.com as well. Jeff Allen is the head coach at Bedford North Lawrence. He's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Once upon a time, played for Ray Meyer, the legendary Ray Meyer at DePaul, and was a part of the first recruiting class of Dan Sparks down at Vincennes. Dan Sparks, legendary legendary just look at the teams he put together but just a great story even beyond the fact that bedford north lawrence going for a 4a state crown on saturday against fishers but a tremendous story and somebody i've known from a long time now he's i think nine years older than me 
He was the class of 1979 at Eastern. He was an area player of the year. Ended up at Vincennes for two years. And then by a set of circumstances, ended up being found by Ray Meyer. Played for Ray Meyer and I think Joey Meyer as well. Joey Meyer was the son of Ray Meyer that ended up taking over uh, at DePaul as the head coach. But that was back when DePaul uh, was one of these storied programs. Or as they say where I'm from, one of these storied programs. One of these storied programs of college basketball back then. But it is a fantastic story. And uh, I may have to get into being a, an independent pit trader on the Chicago or in the Chicago mercantile back in the 80s I can't even imagine I'm assuming too that if, if that's the case he was doing that uh, when uh, Black Monday occurred what was that Black Monday October of 1987 so yeah you talk about pressure you talk about, <laughs> you talk about pressure being a head coach yeah, there's some pressure right there, but there are a lot, a lot of great storylines. And Jeff's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Dave Matthews Band tickets for you, your chance to win when you hear a Dave Matthews Band reentry. That is going to be your cue to call. And number nine is going to win June the 30th and July the 1st. Dave Matthews Band, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. All right, some cap casualties in the NFL. For the most part, it's the Tennessee Titans doing some work right now. Rand Carthon, new general manager, out with the old and yet to be in with the new. Taylor Lewan being one. Robert Woods, the wide receiver, being the other. Randy Bullock, the kicker. Zach Cunningham, linebacker. So four players that... And because they're within the AFC South, and you see them a couple of times a year that you probably know a great deal about, especially that of Taylor Lewan. Now, some down there suggest that maybe Taylor Lewan comes back at a discount price tag. But again, we shall see. So if that's what's going on in Tennessee, what is the rest of the NFL you think going to look like with that in mind coming up? It will be interesting to follow. John Easter writes this. Great stuff with Matt Painter today. He is first class. I hope Boiler fans appreciate what they have. I believe that they do. At least what's, that's what I gather. At JMV, he's always great. Today I love, quote, things happen on the road. Outstanding. Jim McCann, Southern California. Thank you, Jim. Jeff Street asked if Brooks Barnheiser's brother, is he playing college basketball? He was at Trinity. I believe he's looking for a new spot to hoop it up right now. I believe. I don't know that officially, though, but I believe that is the case. Uh, a friend of ours, I think, moved on from Trinity. He was the longtime head coach named Jeremy Bilek, who moved back to his native state of New York. Trinity is a uh, college up in the Chicagoland area. And he moved back to New York. And I think maybe Braxton. Braxton is the older brother to Brooks. Braxton may be looking for a new place to play. Yeah, coming up tomorrow night, Pacers back at it after the All-Star break. Pacers... Matching up against the Boston Celtics, and you've got a long roadie after that, too. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening. Probably a lot of losing, 
hopefully some entertainment, but you know where I stand on that. I want to see some team. I don't care what it is. I want to see a team that is supposed to be growing. I want to see them close some games when they have the opportunity to close games, even if it, that does throw a wrench into the possibilities of where you may or may not end up drafting. And I know how important the whole draft and having leverage and assets and all that crap. I'm telling you what, one of these days we're going to stop talking about this, and I cannot wait. I will celebrate it. I will celebrate the day when we no longer are discussing ad nauseum draft capital, draft assets. One of these days, I truly believe, as somebody that follows sports here in central Indiana, that the teams around here will play to the level where we could, at least for a period of time, eliminate draft assets and draft capital or leverage assets, any of that crap. I cannot wait. One of these days, one of these days. Now, it's not likely today, and it's not likely tomorrow. But one of these days, for sure, I cannot wait. Because I know a lot of you agree with me. You're getting kind of worn out on that. Nate Thomas checks in with this. JMV losing Strasser is like being told that there's no more Brussels sprouts left for you to have. So disappointed. And again, I'm going to tell you this. And I know you're not worried about that particular move, but don't be worried about any of these others. Don't be worried about Bubba Ventrone has been a very good special teams coach, but it just doesn't matter. It's not one of the important things. You can find somebody, something else. And we assume here, right, because he was at that presser to introduce Shane Steichen last week. Uh, you could probably bet that he may end up just be getting a better offer someplace else. And with that, so be it. He did interview for this gig. He didn't get it. So I think it would stand to reason that he may want to end up moving on. And if the deal is better, then the deal is better. But a lot of people are incredibly worried about this and do not count me among those. It's just not me. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't matter. I'm not going to tell you completely doesn't matter in terms of you don't want to lose good coaches, but it's just not the biggest deal that you believe it to be. Some of you are describing it as such. That's true. Very true. Good coach, really good at what he does. But once you interview for this gig, right, and you don't get it, do you have to bounce? Kind of have to bounce? I mean, wouldn't it be natural to believe that he's going to go someplace else? So, to me, that would be absolutely unsurprising. And, in fact, that's what it is. But I know a lot of people are worried. Hey, JMV, where is that place that you like to vacation in the summertime i saw the guy that's a big iu fan chronic hoosier tweeted you a little bit earlier it is called cape sandblast in florida it is in the panhandle a little bit um a little bit east of panama city a little bit west of apalachicola it is a fantastic spot now it took a beating a couple of years ago with hurricane michael 
but it is a fantastic spot. John Martin chimes in. Hey, JMV, did IU basketball have any chance at winning last night against a team like Michigan State at home under those specific circumstances going on? Bigger than basketball, but terrible timing for IU to play them. Never had a chance. Well, I, I think the the emotion certainly was going to to be there, and and we saw it, and we knew that it was going to be a tough task. But let's face it, you played that way under similar circumstances in other places on the road around the Big Ten, and you're also going to have a tough time. That was not the greatest, I don't want to say effort, because I'm sure they were giving effort. How about this? That was not the greatest of uh, executing. Got after that lead. And you felt good. They got up eight and nine and then had a, like two or three in a row opportunities to move that thing up to get that into double digits. And listen, Michigan State was still going to make a run, still going to come back on it. And in all likelihood, what took place last night was going to take place. But you still want to see them be better than that. There's no question. Michigan State was the team last night, and Tom Izzo going into the half mentioned that. First yeah, 10 or so, 12 minutes, it was a struggle for them. And you know, then obviously that got it going. And when you look at the first half, it was, it was Walker that really got him going. Or maybe I should better say it was Tyson Walker that kept them in it. Now, it was also IU turning the ball over, having empty trips, all of that on the road in that environment. But Tyson Walker knocking down threes, kept him in it, and then got him back in it, and then got him over the top. He was incredibly difficult for this IU team to find any sort of answer for last night. So while we all knew it was going to be pretty tough for them to overcome they didn't do themselves on the floor playing wise a lot of favors last night uh, next up for iu on the road at purdue matt painter joined us early on the hour podcast 107.5 the fan.com brooks barnheiser of northwestern the sophomore also earlier on the show and jeff allen the head coach of bedford north lawrence with a great story coming up in the five o'clock hour just for you this reminder friday on the road so Friday, it's a tavern tour stop, the Broad Ripple Tavern in Broad Ripple with Heaven Hill Distillery. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, that is coming up on Friday. Tavern tour stop of 2023, that is number two. Broad Ripple Tavern in Broad Ripple on Friday. And listen, you don't need to RSVP, just show your ass up. That is going to be a can't miss. That is a great place. And in fact, it is right across the street from where we were in January. And that went smashingly. So let's do it. Let's do it on Friday. It's been a while since we've been out, about a month since we've been out. So let's all gather together on Friday for Tavern Tour Stop number two of 2023, the Broad Ripple Tavern. Coming up on Friday, Heaven Hill Distillery, you know 
what we do. The samples will be flowing. It will be a fantastic time had by all. And we're going to have essential preview to what is going to be IU Purdue Part 2 coming up on Saturday. Again, Friday, Broad Ripple, Broad Ripple Tavern. It is Tavern Tour Stop number 2 for 2023. That's on Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. James is over there. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Landon Oliver, who is a fine follower of this show and often opines regarding the Colts, checked in with this. My biggest issue with people that want the Colts to draft the safe prospect at quarterback and not shoot for the upside would be Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. There's a good chance you have to go through at least two or three of these guys in any sort of playoff picture for the next decade. You're going to have to compete in an elite level at quarterback in January and hopefully February. You can't afford to just play it safe. I will say this, Land. I actually tweeted this back to him, and I understand exactly where he's coming from with that. But in this draft, there's really – is there anything that's safe? And I know that you can say that. You can describe most drafts at the quarterback position as such. But I don't remember when it was Manning v. Leaf that it felt like that with Manning. I don't remember. I certainly don't remember when it was Andrew Luck that it felt like that with Andrew Luck. I don't get a similar feeling as to that. And and I think at the time we felt both of those situations were relatively safe. I get exactly what you're saying, and, and that's one of the reasons why – I often will tell you that you don't want to settle if you got somebody that you really want, you really like, and somebody else is going to have the option to get them before you do something about it. Now, the problem you're going to have with Chicago is this price tag for what they're going to be offering to get up to number one is going to continue to be ridiculous. But it is tough. It is tough in this one, too. We can't poke holes in all these guys. It didn't feel that way with luck. And what you know now, you're going to go, well, wait a minute. But no, it didn't feel that way with luck. And it sure as heck didn't feel that way with Manning. Now, this is still different. Interesting point, though, that I responded to. If you guys want to at JMV1070 on Twitter, you certainly can. 
It's Landon Oliver's tweet. I'll give him full credit for that because he's a a good dude and a good follower to the show and the Twitter account, and I appreciate that. JMV, have you noticed and referenced how moist it feels outside today? I haven't felt the moisture, but if you get up to 71, when I was outside earlier today, I actually came in here at about 8.30. I walked in here with Jake and Mark when they were on because I dropped Blake off at Ron Colley at 7.30, and then I ended up having to do something at 10 a.m. here, so I just stayed, and I came up here and, and talked to these guys off the air for a couple of minutes, then had to go back and grab some lunch for Blake, and then came back up here. It didn't feel like this was like 45 degrees when I was last outside. I didn't get anywhere in the neighborhood of this 71-degree temperature. But yes, you're right. It must be relatively moist outside right now. And I'm just saying that because I want to say relatively moist as much as possible. Quick one, we'll come back. Jeff Allen has a great story. Not only is he going for a state title in 4A against Fishers for Bedford North Lawrence, but an incredible basketball background. High school, collegiately, to where he is right now. And he, like me, is from of a, a town of 250. Owensburg, Indiana. Also a graduate of what we called Eastern High School back in the day. It is now referenced in the new era as Eastern Green. There's really one Eastern. That's how we always thought. Jeff Allen's the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence. He's going to join us. Your calls in the five and Dave Matthews band tickets coming at somebody, somebody who lucks into it and listens to win right here. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, James, have you seen the film American Beauty? I know we look I think at I have, Kevin actually. Spacey a lot differently now, but uh, you know what scene that was from in American Beauty? Anybody <sighs> out there know what, what was going on in American Beauty when that quote was uttered, when that was written into the script? It'll take me about 35 seconds for all you uh, degenerates out there to respond, which I think is well done. Absolutely well done. So is it supposed to storm here? When we get there, is that why it was 71 at 4 o'clock? Because if it's 71 here in central Indiana, at some point when it cools down, we're going to have some volatility in our weather. I sounded exactly like a staff meteorologist right there. We got some volatility. Volatility in our atmosphere right now. I'm guessing so. Coming up later on this evening? Oh, look at you guys. Just all over it. Now, that's a banana, not a carrot, but the same thing's happening there. (laughs) It's a banana and not a bishop, but the same thing is happening there. That is a whale, not a dolphin, but the same thing is happening there. 
Hey, JMV, I'm looking forward to your talk with Jeff Allen. Ray Myers, DePaul Blue Demons lived on NBC back then. They did. Late 70s, early 80s. Remember NBC had the college basketball package? It seemed like every Saturday that they were on. And they were an independent. Notre Dame was an independent. Yeah, I don't know. John Watson asked if it's going to be jacket off weather. I, I have not seen where anybody locally has mentioned. This is a Sean Ash tweet right here. Areas of wind damage, power outages may increase quickly between now and 7P if this line maintains over central and southern Indiana. Stay weather aware. So hold on a second. If that happens... If that happens in and around 7 or after 7, then that will be some jacket-off weather. That will be out of the normal broadcast window. Thus, the weather folks, the weather dudes in this case, like Sean Ash or Brian Wilkes, and these suspenders will be without, or Chris Wright, they'll be without their jackets. Which means uh, jacket-off weather. Forthcoming. Hopefully not, but again, that's the price you pay certainly this time of year when it's not supposed to be 71 degrees at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll take it, but you always end up having to pay. That is a true story. Hey, JMV, that sound bite you played a little bit earlier, it was an early segment with Tommy Lee Jones and the film Lincoln not seen that you believe it daniel day lewis just one of the greatest actors of our time how have i not seen lincoln it's a great film how have i not seen that is it ever on was die hard on instead i have not seen it the gangs of new york is on all the time with daniel day lewis it seems no, and Bruce Kidd says, I assume you have seen it. Can you believe I'm embarrassing? I'm getting better, though. I am getting better living in the moment, living in the now, living in present times. But I still have not seen Lincoln. My mom is a tremendous Lincoln fan. Lots of Lincoln stuff around her place. Yeah, thank you, Paul. I think, in fact, that it was. Friday show. Broad Ripple Tavern Tour Stop number two for 2023. Broad Ripple Tavern Heaven Hill Distillery. Me, Brent Halverson, our betting analyst. It's going to be a blast. Hopefully, we'll see you there again. Fair warning on Friday. Broad Ripple Tavern in Broad Ripple Tavern Tour Stop February Heaven Hill Distillery. Be there or be square. Matt Painter, Boilermaker Coach, last hour as usual. Spectacular podcast 1075thefan.com. And Brooks Barnheiser, sophomore, Northwestern, Northwestern having a fantastic season. Wildcats and Illini coming up tomorrow night at 9 o'clock from Champaign. Brooks Barnheiser joined us as well a little bit earlier. Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter is probably more up your (laughs) Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Hold on. Let me check my TV guide, Alex. Meantime, Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Just a fantastic story right here. 
and more depth than just, which is fantastic, having the stars of Bedford North Lawrence and the 4A final coming up on Saturday night, the IHSAA Girl State Finals. Tickets available. I promise the games will be spectacular. 1 and 2A in the morning and midday, and 3 and 4A coming up later on in the evening. The 4A tilt. Fishers in Bedford, North Lawrence, 8-15 coming up on Saturday night. And to talk about his team right now is, well, a former, not classmate of mine, he was well before me, but an Eastern Green grad and the head coach of Bedford, North Lawrence. Let's welcome in Jeff Allen to the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Jeff, thank you for the time. How are you? Oh, thank you, John. Uh, I'm doing great. Having a great week. I, I appreciate being here. You know what? We have. I'm, if I have like David Hayes or Brad Holsclaw on one of these days, I think we may hit it all in terms of Eastern Green. We've had Dusty May on at Florida Atlantic, and now obviously with what you've accomplished at Bedford North Lawrence as the the girls' head coach and what you've done in the past, it's interesting to get all these stories out there. And as, as we talk about you and year number nine with this group down at BNL, it's been a hell of a year so far for you, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they're they just an outstanding group of, of kids. <clears throat> you know, I mean, you, you have to have talent to be successful, but I tell you, when you have kids that have high character, it makes it a lot easier as a coach, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a Jeff Allen, the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence. It's B&L and Fishers coming up at 8.15 on Saturday. We were talking a little bit off the air about pushing in the same direction, and oftentimes, support-wise, that is tough to do. It seems like, to me, going way back with that girls program in Bedford it's everybody always pushing in the same direction and with that type of support you tend to get these types of results has that been the case for you in your nine years in Bedford oh I, I definitely agree with that I, you know tradition has a lot to do with it uh, you know kids grow up here in Bedford uh, young girls uh, they want to be a lady star uh, they expect to win when they go on the floor uh, we have great support from our community and from our school administration. Uh, all that pay, plays into, you know, you having a successful program and being able to accomplish things that, that we've been able to do this year. You go back to uh, 2014, I believe it was. Uh, that was um, Damon's final year as as the coach there. You guys won it all. Uh, he goes with Kurt up to Butler to be an assistant coach. You get the call to take over. Was there any apprehension nine years ago to take on that, that gig, or was it uh, an absolute considering your love for basketball? Oh, it was an absolute. You know, Damon and Kurt and I, we all have really similar philosophies on how the game should be played and how it needs to be handled. And, you know, it, it was a, a no-brainer for me. Uh, uh, as long as, you know, I met the criteria, what the school wanted, I was willing to step in and do it. And, you know, it, it's provided not only memories for me for a lifetime with my daughters, who both played, uh, but all these young girls I've had a chance to, uh, you know, to be with uh, through over throughout the last nine years. I've just got a tremendous amount of memories, and you know, this year's uh, uh, been a great example that I've got a lot of great memories uh, from this tournament. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can make another one on Saturday night. It's uh, Jeff Allen, the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence, Bedford North Lawrence and Fishers. We'll talk about the matchup with you coming up in a minute. But you, you mentioned your family. Uh, Jory is a senior at DePaul. I think she was the 2019 Miss Basketball in the state of Indiana, if memory serves. Jenna, who played collegiately at Michigan State, is is playing professionally overseas in Spain so it's not lost on you not
not just as a coach with others' kids, but your own kids have been the uh, beneficiaries of, obviously, your tutelage along the way. That has to make it even more special, Jeff. It does. I mean, it's it's a tough thing coaching your own your own daughter. Uh, I mean, it's a thing, something that's probably a lot easier said than done. Um, I think I got better with it as time goes along. But I tell you, the memories you make with your kids, uh, you know, we get together still and talk about, uh, you know, the memories that we had when we when they played for me. So it's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's uh, Jeff Allen is with us. So Fishers just surviving their sectional. Uh, would would take a lot. We know that, given who was a part of their sectional. What do you think about this Fishers team you're taking on on Saturday night? Uh, they're an outstanding team. Uh, I mean, they've got some really good athletes in the Smith Lens, and they've got a lot of really good pieces to go along with them. Uh, they, they play some great defense, play extremely hard. Um, I really think it's, it's, a, it's two teams that kind of mirror each other and how they approach the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. And uh, as I said earlier in the week, I think it's going to come down to kids making plays. Uh, you know, sometimes you get late in the season here, you hope that you've instilled uh, good decision-making in your kids so they'll make good plays when they get to this position. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Well, and you have – you're fortunate enough to coach up some playmakers, and one being Chloe Spring. And I I was at the Center Grove BNL game in, in the morning session this past Saturday at Southport Fieldhouse. And it, it seems like you have to be as comfortable as anybody when she has the basketball in her hands, knowing that more times than not she's going to make that correct decision. Well, she's a winner, you know, and uh, she's a team-first kid, even as talented as she is. She's a tremendous talent, but she's all about what's uh, what's good for the team. You know, sometimes we need her to score. Sometimes we need her to rebound and defend, and she understands that. And, uh, you know, on Saturday, I thought she did a great job in a semi-state of stepping up and really leading on the offensive end and really being aggressive. Um, she's she's just a tremendous talent that uh, uh, she can play and score at all three levels, and uh, you know she's a, a pleasure to coach too. Just a great kid. Well, and it seems like that you have a lot of that because the thing I noticed, you could correct me if I'm wrong, because I've seen you all of all of one time play, and that doesn't make me an expert by any stretch. But I'm, I'm curious. Not a lot of threes that I saw taken. Of course, that's a little bit against the grain to what we see uh, the level of play really on any basketball level nowadays with everybody falling in love with the three-point shot is is that by design and what is your offense by design is it to put it in her hands and then for the rest of the team to play off her or are we talking about a lot of interchangeable parts on your team well i, I think we have several kids that can you know score the basketball we have several skilled kids in the carson norman and madison bailey uh mallory pride uh, on the inside so I don't know that it's necessarily geared. What, what we gear our offense around who, who has an advantage on that day and or that moment. Um, these kids do a great job of sharing the basketball. That's a big part of any uh, successful offense. And we will shoot the three. We like to shoot the three. But, you know, you get in turn to time against some really good teams. You have to be disciplined and understand and, and, and make good uh, decisions and, you know, good shot selection. So I think that was a big part of what we did on Saturday. I thought we did a great job of, uh, of uh, ball possession and understanding what was a good shot. Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Kevin Stuckmeyer, and this is the game that I saw, does a great job at, at Center Grove. And, you know, his, his girls got back into it by virtue of a three, one to, uh, to end the third quarter, and then, you know, a couple of more 
there in that that second half as well. You know, something you guys ultimately overcame. But it, it's it's interesting the level of talent you're going to see. And I look back at your season, Jeff, and it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, it seems like you added some teams to your schedule to make it even tougher. So you're prepared for last weekend. So you're prepared for a moment like Saturday night against Fishers. Is that correct? I think you definitely have to do that if you're if you're looking, you know, to to improve what you're doing. Um, I, I think those two games last weekend with uh, Fish or with uh, Center Grove and uh, and Lawrence North uh, did prepare us for this weekend. Those are two high level teams that really put a lot of pressure on you and 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 are really good, really well coached. So I think you have to do that if you're looking to improve your your team and your program. You have to schedule teams that are going to test you. Um, if it's easy, it's probably not going to be easy all the time, and you're going to have to be able to perform when it's not easy. Yeah, and that's that's where things have kind of changed. I mean, back in the day, you know this from you know being such a, a fantastic high school player back in the day. I mean, you 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 just basically played that schedule each and every year. But now, in preparation, just to make your team better, not even necessarily necessarily to get to where you guys are going on Saturday, but just to make sure in those pockets of Southern Indiana that you're prepared for what could lie ahead, it seems like more and more people are really concentrating on making those particular season schedules tougher with the competition that they add year in and year out. Jeff, maybe not every year, but certainly in the years where you have high expectations, that's seemingly what coaches are doing more so now than ever. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what we tried to do. Uh, you know, we've had uh, uh, some uh, regional final finishes the last couple of years. We felt like, you know, we were in a position this year to maybe make that jump possibly to, to get to that semi-state state finals level if we could. And we felt like we needed to play the best teams we could possible to get ready for that. Uh, and I think we've done that, and I think it's helped us put us in this position. Ninth year as head coach of Bedford North Lawrence, and they're in the 4A title game against Fishers, a really good Fishers team coming up on Saturday night at 8-15. Jeff Allen from Bedford North Lawrence is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind to talk about a little bit uh, of your past because I brought it up on this show before because it is so incredibly interesting to me. We're from the same high school. You're a little bit older, but we're from the same high school. That is now Eastern Green. You attended two years of Vincennes coming out of Eastern as a really good basketball player. Now, were those the initial seasons of Dan Sparks when you played down at VU, Jeff? That's correct. I was uh, I was Dan's first recruiting class when he got the head job there. Um, you know, uh, coming out of Eastern Green, it was hard to get uh, you know a lot of recruiting eyes on you. Um, and, uh, and Dan really stepped up and had a lot of faith in me and wanted me to come there. And, uh, you know, he, he was wonderful to me. And, and I had a, a lot of success there at, at Vincennes and really enjoyed my time. And, and then I was lucky enough to be recruited by the late, great Ray Meyer out of DePaul University. And, uh, you know, I had another great experience there with him and the, and the Meyer family. And, uh, uh, you know, you just can't – you can't – tell people how much that means to, to have the opportunity to play for a Hall of Fame coach like that. But uh, both those guys, Dan, Dan Sparks and Ray Meyer, you know, shape a lot of my coaching philosophy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm deeply indebted to both of them. You know, it's amazing. And I know a lot of people my age, your age, will remember this. But DePaul, you know, coming off, I believe, when you when you got up there, at least close to it anyway, they, 79, were a Final Four team. And they were on NBC all the time 
as an independent. And that was one of those, oh, wows, when you watched DePaul back then because they had so much talent. It was a lot of Chicago area talent. And I was always curious. I don't think I know the story. How did Ray Meyer first see you to bring you up to Chicago at DePaul? Well, I think the way it happened was um, the assistant coach at Ben Sands, uh, after I was done with my second year, was at a, an all-star game with uh, the assistant coach from DePaul, and they just started talking. And uh, the assistant at DePaul uh, told ben, uh, assistant at Ben Sands what he was looking for, and uh, that was Jason Holmes at the time. And Jason said, well, I've got that. If you need that, I've got exactly what you need. And, uh, and that's where it kind of took off from there. And uh, I went for a visit, and uh, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of history involved with that. You know, I ended up marrying one of my teammates' uh, sisters. Yeah. Uh, I play with at DePaul, so that's uh, another twist to the story. But, uh, you know, God works in funny ways. He sends you where he wants you to go. And I was lucky enough that I went to DePaul. Now, it, um, you were such a fantastic basketball player. And I just – I remember that as just being, oh, wow, we would carve out time to watch when you guys played on NBC. And, I mean, again, you joined that team when they were at their, their highest points. Yeah, Terry Cummings, I think, when you joined, was still a part of that team in your first year there. Tyrone Corbin, both years you were there was a part of that skip dillard was another name that i remember there it was just seemingly loaded with talent with those depaul teams back then yeah uh, coach ray had a great uh, quote one time uh, he was asked you know what do you attribute your great success he said well i had great players and uh, we we had a tremendous amount of talent on those teams uh, tyrone corbin was actually my roommate when i was at depaul uh, just an outstanding individual outstanding player uh, probably the best rebounder I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he just had a natural ability to know where the ball was coming off and go get it. Um, but the, the amount of talent we had there, I mean, Kenny Patterson's another one I played with, yeah. point, great point guard. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, again, it's memories that last you a lifetime. That's why I try to tell my kids when I coach them is, you know, basketball does so much more than it's just sport. It gives you memories. It gives you opportunities. It gives you, uh, you know, just – points of reference for your whole life that I can look back to the basketball you know was a part of. I share this with my daughter all the time Jeff. I, I don't care what you end up doing as to what level you reach because it's more you caring about that than me but I just try to remind her for example or my son you want to have these memories these memories you're going to look back at whatever level in which you played whatever teams you're on these are going to be some of the better memories of your life make sure you don't miss them it's not really to me even about it's great when you get where you're going coming up on Saturday but man these memories are so great and you don't really realize the importance of these memories Jeff until further down the road when you get older well I think that's just part of the aging process you know maybe I appreciate it more than I did back when I was younger Um, but that's what I've tried to do with my kids this week going up to this game you know it's a big game I've tried to keep it light and keep it fun this week you know working on what we need to work on but trying to get them to understand you know the hard part's getting here the hard part's over this is the fun part Uh, let's let's make memories and have fun this week Jeff Allen the ninth year head coach at Bedford North Lawrence in the 4A state title game against Fishers coming up on Saturday night and I've often noticed this because I'm a big fan of the 83 film 
trading places that no pressure is going to be more than the type of career you carved out when coming out of DePaul as an independent pit trader at the Chicago Mercantile back in the day. Right, I'm assuming that for any type of pressure, that kind of set the standard that you're going to be able to take most anything, correct? Well, I'm going to tell you, I ran out on the floor in front of 30,000 people to play basketball, and I don't think I was ever as intimidated as the first time I walked in that trading pit for the first time in my life. Uh, it's it's a pretty intimidating environment, uh, and it was uh, it was something that you know being a being a competitor and being an athlete definitely helped you. But uh, I don't think anybody can uh, prepare anybody for that when they walk in there in the financial markets for the first time. I, I watch trading places every single, especially at the end, every time it's on. And I swear to you, I think about you every single time. When I see Aykroyd and Murphy in that pit doing that work, I think, man, that's what Jeff Allen was doing back in the 80s right there. That's incredible to right. me. Right. It's kind of part of history now. You know, everything's electronic now. But yep. uh, that was definitely a part of history again. You know, because of basketball, it led me to that opportunity. And, uh, you know, it was just a great opportunity and, and ultimately a, a special career to have that a lot of people don't get to do. Hey, tell, give the family my best. Uh, tell Debbie when you see her again, we said hello to my mom. Cheryl obviously says hello. She says, when are you going to have Jeff on? When's Jeff going to be on? You going to get Jeff on? I say, <laughs> yeah, chill out a little bit. We're going to get Jeff on. But uh, tell everybody I said hello, and we're incredibly proud of you for what you have done, what you've accomplished. And uh, the best of luck coming up on Saturday, Jeff. Well, thanks, John. Uh, you know, growing up in Owensburg, a small town, uh, with you and my other friends and family there, I mean, that, that, that's a big part of uh, what's led to the success, I think, that I've been able to achieve and, and been lucky enough to have. Uh, we're going to do our best on Saturday. I appreciate that. You got it. Anytime. And we'll stay in touch, Jeff. Thank you again. Thanks, John. It's uh, Jeff Allen right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence with just a tremendous story beyond basketball. The family, how he played, how he grew up, where he played collegiately. And it all comes down to a matchup with Fishers coming up on Saturday night at what should be a tremendous 4A title game. 8-15 coming up at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Again, the IHSAA Girls State Finals this weekend at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Quick break and we shall return on the other side. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Can I talk to Dana? There is no Dana, only Zool. What a lovely singing voice you must have. Now, I'm going to count to three, Zooli, and if I don't get to talk to Dana, there's going to be some real trouble in this apartment, I think. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Jeff Allen, head coach of Bedford North Lawrence. Matt Painter, head coach of Purdue. Brooks Barnheiser of Northwestern podcast today. A lot of basketball for you. 107.5thefan.com. Dave Matthews Band tickets. That is not Dave Matthews Band. You guys like to jump it a little bit here. That is not Dave Matthews Band right there, however. A lot of you recognize that's Bachman Turner Overdrive and not Dave Matthews Band. Uh, NFL news today. The Titans get under the cap and they cut a myriad of name-recognizable dudes, including longtime left tackle Taylor Lewan. 
Kicker Randy Bullock, linebacker Zach Cunningham, and wide receiver Robert Woods, who early in the day proclaimed he is free, and that is true. He is free. He may not come at you free, but he is certainly free to go where somebody might want him right now again at wide receiver. Uh, The Titans had approximately $23 million as far as being over the cap before Wednesday and the moves earlier today. So... Lawan 14.8, Woods 12 mil, Cunningham 8.9, and then Bullock $2 million. The Titans saved, according to ESPN.com. We do the math on that. Okay, the wall, you 37.7 against the cap. Now, the biggest name, a part of that is Taylor Lawan, three time Pro Bowl offensive lineman, was picked number 11 in the 2014 draft. Final season, five-year, $80 million contract is what Taylor Lewan was in. He signed that back in 2018. So we're going to see other teams logically do this, and we will see some of these cap casualties out there and how they end up going down. But certainly a big day in Tennessee with that in mind. And how much more they're going to remake of that team. Something we talked about yesterday with Mike DiRocco of ESPN.com. Especially with all those teams, including the Colts, within the AFC South. And how much more is going to be done. What to expect. And we talked at a high level about what Jacksonville did a year ago. And you know, bringing in you know, Christian Kirk and, and Zay Jones. And trying to redo that offense to a higher level, which which clearly helped them out. But Mike Duraco had talked about it. By the way, that podcast is at 1075thefan.com. But talked about the fact that that uh, Trent Baalke didn't want to do that again. Didn't really want to do that last year, but was forced into doing it. And did it and didn't really want to do it again. We talked about the possibilities of some casualties cap-wise within the AFC South and more. If you missed a second of it, that's 107.5thefan.com with Mike DiRocco of ESPN.com yesterday was outstanding. So you do need to check that out. I had JMV1070 on Twitter. JMV, Matt Painter is always an absolute pleasure to listen to. I am an IU fan and I hate Purdue and I hate Purdue more than anybody. But there is nobody better to listen to basketball-wise than Matt Painter when he comes on your show. This is coming again from an IU fan. Thank you, IU fan. George? Anytime. And again, all I do is kind of sit back and let it flow. But there's no question about that. JMV, what do you make of Northwestern's major move this season? Nobody saw this coming. And I listened to Brooks Barnheiser talk about it, and it kind of seemed like a team that was just motivated by the fact that two of their major guys decided to bail. Very true. There was a lot of motivation there. I mean, it's got to be more than motivation. Don't get me wrong. But as we talked about with Brooks, there there was not glowing assessments of positivity of what this Northwestern team was going to be this year. And they have clearly, to this point, put that to bed. 
And I thought it was more interesting when he was talking about how had Pete Dance and Ryan Young stayed, that team would have been more of an interior presence than it is now putting it in the hands of Boo Booey and Chase Audesian, the guards. But a little bit of motivation and some shot-making ability. You can say what you want about Boo Booey. He's a bucket getter. Yeah, shot maker, score, I mean, all these terms, but he'll get you a bucket and uh, yet bucket getter. You know, the Western and Illinois from Champaign coming up tomorrow night. That, by the way, is a nine o'clock start. Talked to a little IU earlier today uh, at JMV1070 on Twitter, JMV1075, thefan.com is the email address. JMV, I was watching IU last night, and to me, it kind of looked like that these guys are running out of steam a little bit. That's something, Jim, that I mentioned a little bit earlier on the show. It did look like that. I'm not trying to pass along an excuse, not at all. They would have probably taken a beating regardless of of the way that they looked, but I did notice that they looked, and I thought Trace looked tired. I thought that he looked tired. They definitely looked tired last night. That was just going to be an incredibly difficult environment, given the circumstances, to try to come away with a road win. It's it's a tough place to play anyway. And then you go back to when they met, you know, a month ago in Bloomington, and now you look so good against Michigan State. You know, you kind of get that in your mind. And then the start that the Spartans got off to was not ideal whatsoever for about the first 12 minutes. But Walker knocking down those threes, that lit the fuse and then basically ran past IU at the end of the first half, was down four to six on average, I think, down the stretch in the final eight or so minutes. And then in the final moments of that half, took a six-point lead and really never looked back. But it was it was Walker was the guy that kept them in it early when they looked bad, and then he got them over the top. His made threes probably the way that you look at it, the biggest moments in that game. And those moments came early. Those were first-half moments because you never really felt that IU was going to be legitimate in taking that game in the second half, or at least I didn't. And then Michigan State kind of ran away, kept their distance. The shot-making was there. Crowd certainly was there. And you knew that they would draw upon the emotion of that building, which... Everybody going in, you also knew that was going to happen. So very tough, very tough. And yeah, to answer your question again, I thought that that I, you guys did look a little bit worn. And we'll see how they look against Purdue coming up on Saturday. A great preview from Matt Painter a little bit earlier regarding the first time out, the first half turnovers against IU that basically doomed Purdue. We were talking about last night with IU in the first half and and kind of circling the drain at the end of the first half. Well, Purdue actually, if you want to look at it that way, lost that game a month ago in Bloomington to IU in that first half with the turnovers, missed free throws. All something you would expect for them to remedy coming up on Saturday at 7.30 at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. But that was a primary issue for that team in the first meeting. But it's IU and Purdue, and we'll see how IU looks on the road, see how Purdue looks at home, especially after losing to IU already once this season. And now, I mean, I 
I love talking about IU in terms of the possibility of a double bye. You'd hate to see that disappear, but it is an incredibly tough two games for them here with Michigan State last night and Purdue coming up on the road again on Saturday. And Purdue in a prime spot. Purdue went through being losers of three of four, but got back on track against Ohio State. And the one thing we talked to Matt Painter about was something that that Purdue had a bit of a struggle with that they did not against Ohio State, reestablishing themselves on the glass. And if you look back at the game last night for IU, and Jay Billis continued to talk about the fact that IU just could not get anything going on the offensive glass. There were enough missed shots to find yourself an offensive board. They were just few and far between. That's something that Purdue remedied on Sunday against Ohio State. Got back to it. They have been very good game in and game out and working overall on the glass, but especially with the offensive glass. I don't know. You guys are saying it's the bad time to meet the Boilermakers on the road if you're IU. Uh, JMV at 107.5thefan.com. This is from Brandon. Hey, JMV, I just turned on the show here, so forgive me if you've already touched on this, but outside the quarterback, what is the next important position the Colts need to solidify? I love the show, Brandon. Well, hopefully it's left tackle. Hopefully Bernard Ryman is going to be their left tackle of the future. I guess the question I would ask you guys if from what you have seen, that sample size as a rookie when the gig was finally turned over to him in a season, four wins, one tie, a disastrous campaign if you feel that you've seen enough to know that this guy is going to transition and being a cornerstone for the future. Because I think you start right there. You could go ahead and say the rest of the offensive line, if you like, because there were struggles all the way around, but the left tackle is what I think about in terms of what's next. I know I'm normally wide receiver guy, but the left tackle and either knowing what you have, believing what you have, there's a lot in the short term that's going to rely that Bernard Ryman is legit and a legitimate answer at left tackle. Because if he's not, man, it is. It becomes so much, so much like the quarterback position over the years here. It's just a a merry-go-round of try this and try that. I just can't sit here and tell you that I, I saw enough where the upside looks to be there. It's still open for debate. Clearly, he's going to get that solidified chance. But, yeah, Brandon, if you're asking me what's next, it is left tackle. And hoping that Ryman is going to be that guy. And you no longer have worries about the growth of that position. And it can get better. Because, obviously, next year is going to be more of a proving and developmental ground than anything else. I know that nobody wants to hear it, especially me, because I'm sick and tired of hearing it. But, let's face it, that's what next year is going to be. You're going to have a a fresh quarterback, young quarterback. So, your left tackle's got a one-year jump on what quarterbacks you're going to draft. So all this can evolve together. But that would be second on my list as far as solidifying and hopefully solidifying that position, Brandon, with what they already have on the roster. 
detrimental if that is not the case. I just don't know if I've seen enough of a sample size to tell you that everything's going to be okay there. Seems like there's still a lot more growing pains to come. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Dave Matthews Band tickets before we jump out of here. Friday show is going to be live. It's a tavern tour stop. Broad Ripple Tavern in Broad Ripple, Heaven Hill Distillery. That is on Friday. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, and us, and hopefully you. No RSVPs necessary. Just join us. Lots of samples flowing, and it's one of the best parts about doing this show is getting out and hanging out during these tavern tour stops and really shining a light on some of the great taverns in the area. Think about it, too. January, right across the street in Broad Ripple at Alley Cat. February, back across the street to Broad Ripple Tavern. Great spots. Your opportunity to join us and take advantage of the free Flowing beverages, courtesy of Brent Halverson. That's coming up on Friday. The tavern tour stop is at the Broad Ripple Tavern. Eventful day down in Nashville. Not that you care too much about it, but certainly NFL newsworthiness there with the Tennessee Titans. That and a busy basketball schedule of interviews for us today. Podcast all the way around. 1075thefan.com. If you missed that or if you want to double back, Last week, remember, Shane Steichen, the new head coach of the Colts, on this show. You, if you missed it, can pick that up as well. 1075thefan.com. Quick break. We'll come back for a final time. Get you set for tomorrow's show right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. You're going to eat your fat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. At JMV 1070 from J-Law, I'm sure the Hoosiers are tired, hoping Trace Jackson Davis gets rest for the next few days. Walk through, shoot arounds, rest, massages, cupping, more rest. Hoping for a good showing Saturday and confident they will win that last two going into the tournament. EJ Law for that. Are you a loser last night on the road at Michigan State? Next up is Purdue in West Lafayette. By the way, too, Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band show, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. It is a two-day event. Actually, two different concerts in general. June the 30th and July the 1st. Coming up this summer. To many, this is a rite of passage. Dave Matthews Band, you treat it. You treat it like fish. You treat it like, if you're thinking of the old school Grateful Dead. We always love giving away Dave Matthews Band tickets. Is Kevin the winner? Hey, Kevin, do you mind? I don't know what night these tickets are for. Are you good to go for either, the 30th or the 1st? Whichever one it is. How many shows, Dave Matthews, Ben Wise, have you attended in the past? Zero. You've never been? That's incredible. I don't know if I've ever met a winner. 
on this show for Dave Matthews Band tickets. That's never been. Now, you'll equal my attempts. I've been once. I have been <laughs> once, and they played – like, I played too much, and that is one of their more recognizable songs. I don't go too deeply in the catalog, but Dave Matthews, they do on these shows. So you likely will not recognize, unless you're a big fan, many of these songs. I am so ready to go. All right, brother. Kevin, I appreciate you listening. Congratulations. All right, thank you. Kevin's the winner. He's going on hold right there. James is going to set him up. Thank you, Live Nation. Thank you to Kyle and to Jimmy, all my friends of Live Nation for putting together these shows and then sending these tickets to us for me to give back to you. Yeah, one time. One time. Serious, Dave Matthews band once, and here's another one for you. Jimmy Buffett once. One time for Buffett. One time for Buffett. I saw Buffett with Chris Hagen at Ruoff. And I think I was in a bad mood. I'm rarely in a bad mood. And I don't know why I was in a bad mood, but I kept getting hit in the head with beach balls. Like we were up on the kind of the corner of the stage a little bit. And I kept hitting, getting hit with beach balls. And I, and I, I played this role, and I'm not proud of it at all. Because normally, normally I don't act like a jackass. But I grabbed the beach ball that hit me in the head, and I grabbed my keys, and I popped it. Isn't that, seriously, is there any more of a jerk reaction than that? Talk about old man ass. I am not proud of that moment. And I'll explain it to you because I deserve criticism for it. It was... That's terrible. Grab my keys and the beach ball. Hey, nobody have fun because the old man's crabby up here. Old guy up here near the corner of the stage is really crabby. So I deserve every ounce of criticism received for that. I'm still, that's seven years later. Embarrassing. I'm going to promise you this. For the rest of my existence, I will never, ever be that old man ass crabby, even though I'm incredibly old man ass. Promise. That is a promise. That is a JMV guarantee from me to you. Never again. Popping beach balls with your keys. Come on, man. Greg writes this, is there a Justin Fields to Indy rumor? Well, not much of one, but I will say, who did I bring it? I brought that up, and I brought that up just because of the interest. One of the few quarterbacks reportedly, allegedly, Chris Ballard's ever had interest in. I'm sure there have been more, but this is one that was noted. Kevin Bone and I both talked about this. Coming out of college in this run of quarterbacks that you're putting a band-aid over this position over the years for the Colts was Justin Fields. True story. I don't know if that would qualify for a rumor. You know what, Greg, it does for this show. It doesn't take a lot to qualify for a rumor for this show, so maybe it does. So fire up that rumor right now, and we'll see what type of fire that it catches, and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. Greg, well done. James, great job out of you.
Brooks Barnheiser of Northwestern. Jeff Allen's the head coach of Bedford North Lawrence with a great story. And Matt Painter, outstanding podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Back with you tomorrow right here at 3 with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Lounge, excellent job today. Thank you.